Matt, I'm supposed to be in the same room as you right now, oh, and I want to apologize to you because <laughs> that did not work out for a myriad of reasons. Why do American you need Air- to apologize? Yeah, American Airlines needs to apologize to me. Well, American Airlines could not decide if they wanted me to go, and they could not decide which flight they wanted me to be on. They were excited <laughs> about me going. They love it when I use their services, um, but they were like, I was like, I, I would like to fly out on a Thursday, and I get there, and they're like, mm, we changed our mind. Yeah. What about Friday? We want you to do a Friday. And we hold and, all the cards. We have all the yeah. power. So yeah, yeah. you don't actually have a say in this. They're like, oh my God, it would be so perfect if you were on this flight though. We really want you on this one. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then, but it was like, I had to wake up early. So I woke up early and they're like, you know, we kind of changed our mind and we sort of want you to go like a little bit later. I've never had this happen before in my life. And I yeah. hate to be opening a podcast complaining about airlines, but like legit lost two days off a weekend trip and was just like well i guess there's no reason to go now um well i tell you this is the second time this year we've been hurt by the airlines and their delays we had we were trying to fly somebody in for our other podcast big tournament finals and our buddy alec was supposed to fly in from wisconsin and got stuck got trapped somewhere else and then had to like drive home or what it's like it's it's bad man it's i think airlines don't want to admit it because, I mean, why would they just come out and have a press conference and, yeah. and be like, it's real messy right now. But, like, <laughs> if they were honest, there would be, like, a big American Airlines person on TV right now being like, it's a mess, y'all. I don't yeah. know. Just, you know, be careful, you know. Well, before he dies, I think I need Jimmy Carter to say I'm sorry. I think that's the reality <laughs> of the situation. You know, Matt, a lot of people don't know that about Jimmy Carter. <laughs> uh, this is something that we have a friend that reminds of, of, of this all the time because people generally have a high um, opinion of uh, Jimmy Carter, not us. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Carter deregulated. I want to be clear. We are not necessarily aligned with all people who hate Jimmy Carter. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but we, we have our own baggage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We're on our own team, okay? Don't, <laughs> don't put us in a box, all right? Um, Jimmy Carter fine ex-president i have nothing against him since he quit being president but i don't i'm not going to put on the rose tinted glasses that it seems like everybody else puts on Uh because just because he was a sweet peanut farmer you know what i mean (laughs) like he was a nice peanut farming boy but he also completely deregulated the airline industry um which imho was not the best move but here we are you know what i mean you know how airlines only get better you know because it's all deregulated so that's great yeah they just keep getting better and better and better it's the 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 competition the free market they just keep getting better every airline they see what each other the services each other are providing they're like oh my god i have to provide something better you know the free market that's how it works right it's great it's lovely so that was our Here we are. This is welcome to Leftist Gamers Almanac. <laughs> Let's go. Welcome to Old Gamers Almanac. I'm Matt Martins. I'm Hunter Donaldson. And this is the definitive ranking of all (laughs) video games ever. (laughs) Was that enough energy for you, Hunter? That was really good. I like that, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Today, we are talking. We've done. We made it. Finish the fight. That's the joke I wanted to do a while ago. And now I get to do it. Remember? I referenced it in a literal different intro. We're finishing the fight. It's Mass Effect 3. 
We did it. I finished the series finally. Hunter's finished yep. it who knows how many times. Who cares? He's it To him, it's old hat. To me, I'm a fresh, new Mass Effect boy. I'm a big fan now, and I'm ready to do it all again. Would you call yourself a big fan? I'm surprised to hear I that. I get it. Hey, here, uh, first, first point to talk about. Once you finish Mass Effect 3... I get why people are like, I got to start over and do it again and see what's different now. I didn't right. feel that way in Mass Effect 1 and 2, but that, I mean, all the payoffs are in Mass Effect 3. So it's mm -hmm. like, oh, and so I then, this, so then that's where that goes. And that's where it le <laughs> Oh, but what if it was different? Right. What if I did it a different way? And I, I, right. I absolutely feel all of that. Now, will I ever actually replay all three of these games again? No, no. no. No, definitely not. I don't know. I, I and I don't share that feeling, to be honest. Like when really? I finished Mass Effect 3, and when I finished it the first time, way back when it came out, uh, I finished it and I was like, I think I'm I think I'm good for a while. Yeah. Like because because the thing about Mass Effect 3 is it all became it all the, the whole scope of the choice matrix. Right. Was viewable now. Right. And you know before mass effect 3 came out it was all possibility baby right, it was right. like who knows <laughs> this could how go this anywhere. is all gonna play out yeah 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 maybe i should have a million different saves with a million different choices yeah so that i can just like pop through mass effect 3 a million different ways right. and then once we got mass effect 3 i'm one of those people that was disappointed when it came out yeah. um but uh but i was not one of those people that uh decided to take that disappointment and act a fool about it <laughs> um but yeah i was a little disappointed and i was like i don't really want to do this again yeah. i think i think i'm good for now and i actually feel that way this time too because i just did three i just played through all three this year and i it was pretty completionist i would say each right. run i had right. an idea that this was kind of a big run that i was probably not going to repeat for a long time mm -hmm. so yeah so historically speaking, I mean, we've talked about these games already. I don't think we have to like get into like, hey, this is the one, this is the one that everybody was going to freak out about then because of all the reasons Hunter just said. Like it's it now we have to see if the plan works, right? BioWare had right. this plan. We're going to do a trilogy of games where each game impacts the next one and it's going to be triple A and we're going to mm -hmm. it's going to be cinematic and can oh, we yeah. stick the landing? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. It, 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 it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I think um, to, to start into it, can we talk about what uh, what changed for Mass Effect 3? And then we can talk about like what was the same or whatever. But like what, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. new in this package, right? That, because with each game, we're still making some adjustments. It's not literally the exact same video game with each iteration. Right. And we would recommend that um, that you listen to the other two Mass yes. Effect episodes because this is not, we're not going to just intro you as if you don't know anything about the series. I don't know why you would watch the Mass Effect 3 one not knowing anything about Mass Effect 3 without, you know, listening to the other two. Um, but yeah, so some things changed. Uh, there are less squad mates this time, which is fine. Um, right. that's, it's, that's that one deal. is interesting to me because I feel like what's been happening with each Mass Effect is like Mass Effect 1 is like, hey, they're all almost flavors of the same thing they just kind of share a bunch of powers and then two went crazy and was like here's a hundred people they're all you uh, they're all different except mm -hmm. you got to always make sure one of them has warp and you got to always make sure one of them has overload that's like a requirement of all of the missions is to have those two things so you end up mm -hmm. like only having sets that you can really do this one it feels like they properly sat down and were like we want you to be able to take pretty much anybody on any mission and not be hurt by that so right. like barrier and shield are now like thrown together those are the two things that you had to have different 
attack types to like hit really hard and now it's kind of like all thrown together now it's really like barrier shield and then like armor are like your two different things to deal with and everybody sort of has something in their toolkit to deal with that and so i i definitely felt that in myself there's way less squad mates but i can mix and match however i want on any mission yeah i would say overall that that system has been tightened up um each of the squad mates feel uh, a little more like they have um not just an identity to them like mass effect 2 all the squad mates feel like they have identity but there's a lot of overlap yeah. as far as where their place is in combat but i feel like all of the squad mates in mass effect 3 you kind of have an idea of what they're going to do and it's effective enough to where it's like this will work you can't yeah. build a silly i mean matt you were saying in your mass effect 2 playthrough i remember there were times where you just took the wrong squad mates and you're yeah. like, well, this is going to be really hard now. Yeah, it's um, hard for no reason because I brought right. the I didn't bring anybody that can hurt shields and I didn't realize this was going to be a shields only mission. Mm -hmm. um, that happened a lot. But in, in Mass Effect 3, you never really run into that. I will say at the top of the game, uh, if I don't know what happens if you're doing a completely fresh Mass Effect 3 game where you haven't played previous ones. I don't know why you would do that but when you load in with a mass effect 2 save the game goes hey here's all your points from your last game here's all your levels except for like you can change class so the biggest thing that happened to me or what happens to everybody is boy it's overwhelming the first time you start with each new character because it's like hey here's 60 experience points for you to right. assign right at the like right now you need to figure out how you want all these characters to operate now luckily i mean all the skills are fairly simple it's pretty easy to just like know what you want to do with a some of the characters totally. and enough of them are repeat characters were like well I, I know what they need to do but it's still that i spent probably an hour within the first three hours like specking myself and specking like the first couple people you get i want to explain what you're talking about for people that haven't played the game so so imagine that this is an rpg where um your characters are not starting at level zero right they're starting at level 30 with a max of 60. Yeah. So you are halfway through this character's progression, which is odd. Uh, yeah. It's a weird choice to make. Um, but it would have, I think, also been weird if we just reset everything to zero. Exactly. But I also think that would have been fine. Um, I, I prefer it the way we got it. I'm. I, it, it's a funny like, oh, stop the presses, turn on the pause menu, and let's spec for 15 minutes while we think right. through like some decisions or whatever. But I... As a person who like restarts RPGs all the time and is sick of playing like characters with two skills, like I I wish more games started with just like, hey, here's here's 30 points. Here's go, go crazy. Go go crazy. You can and then as long as the game lets me very easily respec everything later, right. then Which it does. whatever. It does do and that. it does. Yeah, it does yeah. it lets you do that. So it's like no no harm, no foul. It, it it takes a little bit of extra time, but like, okay, you did it on that mission. Oh, that didn't feel great. Let's just respec them and try it again later. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. That's all chill. Can we talk about the combos a little bit? Yeah, I like yeah, the tell combos. Me. I, combos are my favorite part. You, you're gonna have to talk mostly about the combos because I only had one combo in my playthrough, and it was punch good, hit real fast and hard. Oh, <laughs> wait. I don't, are you telling me that you don't even know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, I know, I know vaguely, but I never took advantage of the system. Oh my god. <laughs> I am. You just. You just walked into work, just barely even did the homework. So, so uh, the combo system is, uh, it's pretty simple. And it, yeah. actually, Matt, it was, you were probably doing it all the time. You just no, I notice. was. There, there were certain aspects of it that I definitely was, but continue. So, so your, um, the, the order that you use your abilities with your squad mates now causes these like detonations to happen. 
So like, let's say I use uh, the incinerate uh, ability from one squad mate, and then I follow it up with like warp or something like that. That has a specific uh, bigger punch to it right. than if I had just used one of those abilities. Um, it especially, I notice, happens with uh, biotic abilities. So if you, right. you know, have the the one singularity, the one that that makes uh, everybody float up in the air, and then you follow it up, that up with like warp or or reeve or any of those abilities, it will cause this big um, explosion to happen. And and I wish that had been developed a little bit more, but I really just like the system of uh, the order that you're using the abilities can kind of uh, cause your abilities to ricochet off of each other in and and actually make the squad feel like there's a little more teamwork involved or a little totally. more to think about when it comes to just having your abilities go off. Because in, in, in previous entries, uh, it's kind of just felt like, all right, just open the radial menu and click all the abilities right. and then they all happen and, and you don't really feel like there's any kind of um, strategy to that except for just like use all the abilities and bam, right. um, it's done. But yeah, there there's... For me, I played this time as... um an adept which is the biotic focused um class and i really liked it once i got to right. mass effect 3 it felt like i had a lot of options as far as how i wanted to take down my opponents basically and it all just came down to the order that i was using my abilities in would sort yeah. of decide like how they were you know if they were disabled and then punished if it was just raw power or what you know um so i really like that system and it's a little subtle and the game does not teach you about it yeah. you just have to notice that that that, that is happening um but it it's was mostly like it, sound cues especially with the biotic stuff like when you when you mm -hmm. do hit one of those combos the biotic thing does like some wild sound design like right whoa what the you know you notice it happening right yeah that that's that's an easy way to notice the other thing is i mean it, it's all they hid all of it in the character progression so as you're upgrading your abilities there are certain abilities that will have these sort of like pop-off effects yeah basically right. and if those are in there then they're an, an ability that you can combo in this way i just think in general too that the um the abilities the skill trees in general have been i think improved uh, although there might be too many upgrades, like in general, it's, well, because like, there's, there's some like that six are levels quite... of everything, and they're all branching paths from four right. onward. So it's like you you can do a lot, but at the very least, I will say, I I mean, the combat. Everybody will say it. It's a basic take, but like the combat in this game is the best of the series easily, and it's not right. just because like the guns feel better. It's because of these skills are like more properly considered and like are a part of your arsenal now. I mean, even to the extent that, like, you can decide, I'm going to carry less guns so that my powers recharge faster. So I'm literally, like, weighing mm -hmm. my powers against my shooty bits. Like, it, and it, it all feels like a cohesive system in, in a way that I, I think is really satisfying. I mean, I overdid it because I just wanted... So my character that I've been doing on stream became a meme uh, within the handful of people that would routinely watch with me where I always wanted to punch a lot in Mass Effect 2. And then when I found out that that's, like, a hundred percent that they added like a power punch to mass effect mm -hmm. 3 and in the vanguard class you can you like play off of the punch like that is built into your whole spec outfit is like punching can be considered so that became like the only thing i cared about anymore is the yeah. punch queen 
kills everything via punches. I, you charge and then punch and then charge and then punch. Most people, when they play Vanguard, they charge and then Nova, which is like a different power. I used Nova almost never in this playthrough. It was purely Punch Queen. And what that resulted in is just like, I don't even need guns. I will take a shotgun with me. Everything else is I need the charge to reset as fast as physically possible so mm -hmm. that I can charge again. Right. And how did that go for you, Matt? How was that? I had to as turn the as... difficulty down to normal because the game does not like you when you do that. It was impossible right. on Insanity and uh, pretty harder than I cared to put up with on Hardcore. And eventually I just had to set it on normal so that I could play. And you know what? This was me coming to peace. This is the conclusion of this arc with me getting frustrated no, it about difficulties. No, it isn't. Well, this it's, is not it's the, the conclusion of the It's the conclusion the within Mass Effect, right? It has to be. But I found inner peace in Mass Effect of... I just want to play it this way. I, mm -hmm. I want to be Vanguard. It's fun to charge in. I want to go crazy in these arenas rather than like playing the cover-based shooter that the game is designed to be. Right. I just want to punch and smash. And it lets me do that on normal at the very least. And you know what? I'm going to take that. With yeah, me. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to hold anything against you for lowering the difficulty. Like I, I, I think that I don't know. I I think that coming into the show realizing that there is a lot of baggage when it comes to um, difficulty levels in a game has made me really think about, you know, how I talk about difficulty in a game. Mm -hmm. I think that it difficulty is only important so much as to make sure that the player is understanding what the developer is trying to. Right. Like if if a game is made too, I think the only way for something to be too easy. It's for someone to um, essentially not experience the game. Right. You know what I mean? Like that, 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 to be that able is to the ignore only... the systems entirely means the game is right. not, not working. Check out Tim Rogers' <laughs> recent cyberpunk <laughs> video. Yeah. Why not? Uh, no, and, and I mean, I mean, I'm playing Celeste right now. We're going to have a Celeste episode at some point, and that's like a really hard game. But like, again, difficulty is whether or not. I'm getting to engage with the systems and how hard are you punishing me when I fail? That's what is frustrating to me. And and how what is the failure coming where's the failure coming from? And in in shooters and action games, so often the reason I get frustrated is because it very often feels like the failure comes from wild coincidence rather than mm -hmm. like Oh, I didn't I didn't execute this right. It's like, well, the AI made them go that way. In a platformer, it's like, hey, the map doesn't change. Like I, right. I I just need I see the path. I have to execute the path and I'll do it until it works. And that's fine. I'll get a little frustrated, but it doesn't make me mad at the game. I get mad at the games when it's like, nope, oh, grenade blew up too close to me. Gotta start over. Oh well. I, next time they probably won't even throw the grenade there. It's a completely different encounter. So it's impossible for me to know exactly what to expect and i think that can be perfectly more fun for people because it's a dynamic experience but mm -hmm. for me when i'm sucking at it that's what makes me go crazy right yeah yeah and it sounds like it's what makes molly go crazy makes as molly well. go I nuts feel like too molly... we're an angry family i tell yeah, you yeah molly <laughs> yeah you are an angry family y'all are just gonna i can't wait till molly gets older y'all are just all gonna be like yelling and stuff <laughs> Yeah, like just at the dinner table, just like, oh, I can't believe you like they're, you're all like playing video games together and just like breaking your controllers <laughs> and stuff. There's just a pile of broken controllers in we, the corner of the room. We just keep a monthly subscription to new controllers being shipped to us from yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, you like, just well, gotta, we know we're yeah. going to get a new one. We need That's it. That's just how it is. That's how it is. <laughs> Mario Kart gets really serious in this house. Okay. Yeah. What if Molly actually, because you're very good at Mario Kart. It's like the only game I know where you can like 
have a group of people together and you just dominate them. Not to say that you're like pro Mario Kart. No, you're not. Playing but, online is a nightmare. Right. But, but it'd be funny if Molly got really good at Mario Kart and yeah. then just like, yeah, just really started challenging you. That would be really good. <laughs> um, is there anything else we want to say about? Oh, uh, let's talk about the quest a little bit. You wanted to talk about the side quests. I want to talk about side quests. I, I think here's the thing about this game. In previous games, I was, for the most part, ignoring side quests. I was trying to binge through all of these games. Now, in Mass Effect 2, there's side quests, and then there's squad mate quests that are, like, technically side quests, but absolutely not to me. Like, those are still part of the critical path to me. Right. I, I want to yeah, experience yeah, yeah. all of those. Totally. But I, I still ignored most of the side side quests of Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 3... The thing I really appreciate is while I'm I even more so in this one was like, I am only doing the critical path. I'm not doing side quests. Um, I can still respect that this game is kind of side quest the game because basically all that happens in the plot of Mass Effect 3 is they set up the MacGuffin of the big weapon that's going to stop everything yeah. and say, well, we're working on it. It's going to take a long time. We're going to work on it. You go see what help you can get out there in the galaxy. Go find anybody mm -hmm. who's willing to help. And that's and that's it. Like, you are open to the whole universe now. And as you get right. side quests, it's like, okay, well, this is an opportunity to get some people on my side. And um, I got completely overwhelmed. Like, the second time I went to the Citadel, you just walk around and and side quests pop into your periphery and show right. up in your thing and that that's true of every game but in this one you only in in previous games you have like your main quest log and then you have like an additional quest log where all the side quests go and i can easily mm -hmm. ignore them and in this game there's one quest log and everything gets dumped in there and uh it became like almost panic inducing to see 35 quests that i need to do right and all of them too the description of them, if I I don't have like a, an amazing memory, and most of the time too, it's just you wandering around the citadel, and if you weren't paying perfect attention to like the conversation that was happening with these two strangers that you don't even know who's talking. There's so many people in this room, I don't know who's actually saying the stuff that's giving me the side quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I go and read the side quest mission, and it's like not, it doesn't tell you, it tells you a planet you need to go to. But when you go to the galaxy map, you have to go to systems. For, like, you can never intentionally do a side quest, I feel like, outside of, like, some of the big, big ones. But most of the side quests, it's like you have to stumble upon those planets later because I don't know where mm. any of these planets are. Wait, I'm not kidding. What? So many of them. No, you this is... This is how this, this is side, it's like you need to go do something on Avacek and you're like, I don't have any idea where Avacek is. There's I, I have I've got a list of 11 galaxies in the galaxy map and I don't know how to find. How did Avacek. I find them all? I mean, I just found I, but I don't remember. You were doing everything. You're just going to every single system, going to every single planet. And when you get there, it's like, oh, this is where the side quest. No, nah, but I didn't, I didn't do it like that. I don't remember just like sweeping, just like sweeping everything. I, I feel like I. You know what, though? I would just look up guides. I think that's how I did it. I would yeah. just be like, where is this planet? And then I would just pull up the wiki and then right. it would tell me where it was. And then I would just go there. That might be that might have been my answer to that problem. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. I I think that I personally think that there's less side quests in Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Then then. But how but the series never learned how to give you good context for what that side quest even was right. um, as far as like, and they do tend to dump them on you. I think Mass Effect 1 is even worse in my it opinion because mass effect one you just find you'll just find an email on a but random planet here's the difference though in in mass effect one like that very first time you go to the citadel you walk around and there's people that are like hey come here talk to me i got a problem yeah, i yeah. need you to solve right whereas right. in mass effect three 
it's not you're even just like overhearing you're them. just yeah. overhearing everything and that's right. where it's an issue with me mass effect 2 the difference is like that you you your side quests also feel like they are detracting from the big scary thing that you need to deal with sure whereas in mass effect 3 builds in this nice plot reason why hey you can't do the main thing yet so you might as well go help everybody in the galaxy because we're all under attack so let's go help everyone i think that is a really good setting for an excuse to have all these crazy side quests i think rpgs in general that's like the hardest thing about writing rpgs with a ton of side quests it's like well why am i straying so far from my critical path and i feel like mass effect 3 put shoehorns in like a pretty good excuse i I feel like the the threat of the Reapers is lessened a little bit by the fact that they show up mm-hmm. at the well, we haven't gotten into story stuff yet, but but whenever we get there we will we'll we'll explain the the premise of this game. But essentially the bad guys show up very early, the very like literally in the first 5 minutes. Yeah. Um and they are these horrible uh, universe destroying uh, god robots, essentially squid god robots, like Cthulhu <laughs> god robots is like what I would kind of describe them as. Mm-hmm. And they show up, and it's like, oh no, Earth is doomed. We have to, Shepard, you got to leave so you can so you can save the galaxy and go on this big quest. And then you play like a forty to eighty hour RPG, yeah, right. And then you come back, and that does I think lessen the the threat of them. The fact that you have so much time to do so many things. I don't want to just completely let them off the hook for that. Right. I do think the structure overall is interesting and it's worth, you know, kind of um, giving them the benefit of the doubt or or suspending your disbelief and just saying like, yeah, okay, the Reapers are really scary, but it takes them a while to really like annihilate the universe. Right. So like we have time to be doing all of these little side quests and stuff. Um, And I, I can't off the top of my head isolate any side quests that feel like really uh you know like not clued in to the overall story so mm-hmm. i guess i guess overall i don't i don't have much of a problem with the side quests i think they're fine i did all of them yeah. so they, if that tells you anything i i did every single one of them for this most recent run of mass effect 3 so i did not find them to be to take too much time either i felt right. like a lot for of them sure. were really really fast um, or just interesting, like they were worth doing. So I was like, yeah, whatever, this yeah. is fine. Um, um, I, I, I do think too, in terms of like things in the environment, um, if Mass Effect 2 is like, oh my God, here's so many squad mates and you need to develop a personal relationship with every single one of them. And we've given you like a mechanical quest reason to do that. Mass Effect 3, I feel like assumes you now know to look out for that stuff. And they just put characters all over the place. And it's like, hey, look, oh, look, it's your buddy. Go talk to him. And you go have a little chit chat with him. And you just like Mm -hmm. you're maintaining relationships through the whole game. Now, you don't get to do as involved story missions with each of them. And sometimes the conversations you're having aren't even like a branching dial. It's just kind of like, ah, here's a here's a cut scene of you and -and so-and-so. But I do still feel like they built off of your assumptions of the previous two games in a good Mm -hmm. way. And Mm -hmm. then it's not just everybody's on the ship, it's everybody's at the Citadel and everybody's on this planet and everybody, like, everybody hangs out everywhere in a way that felt really good to me and felt like the whole game was, like, I get to properly experience some sort of conclusion with um, a decent amount of these characters, kind of. Maybe not conclusion, but I get to hang out with these people still. 
Yeah, there was some realization at some point that in Mass Effect 2, the characters were great, but it was kind of silly how they all just like basically just stood on the ship and waited for you to come talk to them. <laughs> and besides that, they just stand in a room by themselves. Yeah. So Mass Effect 3 is a little more lively. The characters talk to each other a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Those conversations are humorous. I Oh, this is a big positive. This is something I can absolutely say without a doubt. I love about this game. The voice actors mm. are having a very good time, and it's <laughs> lovely. It, the, vo the voice actors in Mass Effect 2 seemed like they were having a pretty good time, but yeah. it felt very businessy. Mass Effect 3, it just feels like they're just having a blast. At many points, it just feels like the whole cast is just like, we are enjoying this, we enjoy each other, we like working together, we mm -hmm. like working on this game. And that kind of shines through in a way that I think is um, really neat. So I've always had kind of a soft place in my heart for the voice cast of the Mass Effect games. Yeah. And I'll never let go of that, baby. I, uh, that's, that is a... <laughs> That is a 100% positive take right there about this game that I yeah. love. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about weapons a little bit? You have real we fast. Have a little thing it's, here on weapons. It's, it's a smaller point, but like Mass Effect One had this awful weapon system that was like so uh, time consuming to even try to think about understanding. Oh yeah, it's just a and bunch of junk they dump on you. They're yeah. like, here's that a million variations of the same weapon, but this one's <laughs> plus two. You know. <laughs> and this one feels like a step backwards from Ma Mass Effect 2 overstepped for sure. They probably did need to step backwards from Mass Effect 2, where Mass Effect 2 is just like, there's one gun. Oh, look, here is the new gun. Only use three guns the entire game and you are done. This one is like, well, this is a this is a combat game. We should have guns and stuff. But I feel like I was back in that zone of like, ah, there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of weapon choice and also a lot of weapon mods that I'm upgrading all around the place. Mm -hmm. And, and um, it it's so hard to decide if they threaded the needle right to me it feels like too much but i could honestly probably see people that really engage with weapon systems being like no 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 no, no. this was this was a good fair amount of weapon systems i'm definitely more positive about this about this than you are mm -hmm. um however i think the implementation is questionable however there's a part that you're kind of missing here having just played it on uh, legendary edition which is that this is actually an example of a team incorporating uh, multiplayer into a game and that oh, right. actually having a slightly, slightly positive effect on the single player as well, instead of it just being like they split the resources and it just sucked or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think across the board, the guns in Mass Effect 3 feel better than any of the other games. For sure. There are a lot of guns um, and the way they introduce you to these new guns is, well, they're just sitting in a menu. I guess you just got to buy it and give it a shot at the yeah. shooting range. And that's how you will know whether it's a gun you like, which I guess you've already bought it. I don't know if you can like sell them for the same amount you bought them for. Actually, I don't even know if you can sell them I at all. I don't think you can sell them. They're just yeah, in your so, menus forever. So that's goofy. However, the idea too was that you were going to play the multiplayer mode and that's where you would kind of test these guns. Uh-huh. Um, so overall, I think the quality of the guns in general went up. Legendary Edition, which is what we are playing this on. We're playing on Legendary Edition. We're not playing the old school version. Uh, and that means for Mass Effect 3, uh, the multiplayer is not an option. It's not even in the game at all. Uh, maybe someday they will, uh, you know, uh, add, it. add it back to the game. But for now, it does not exist. Um, so like there isn't that good, good way to test out these weapons in multiplayer so it just feels a little odd now but so it's like for me it's weird because it's like it, it is just a big list and you just need to buy something right and see it. if you like it 
um which i think is that's rough um but they feel good they feel a lot better i just want to emphasize that there was kind of a like i don't know i would say i would say they all like sat down and played gears of war and they were like we can make the guns feel better like they all <laughs> looked at each other like these guns could feel better in this game um so we're gonna do that and they do they they feel a lot better they don't feel as good as something like gears of war but they 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 are noticeably improved across the board i would yeah. say well, and, and again, too, at the very least, they gave me, a person who wasn't engaging with the gun system, an opportunity out of that, which is like, hey, it's like you can do guns or you can go even harder on powers. And so I, I think that's a that is a player style choice that they 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 did nail. They put that in front of you. And I mean, you could have easily played like the soldier and been all about guns and carried every one of every type of gun and, and really gone hard on that. And mm -hmm. you would have felt just as uh, rewarded yeah yeah that's fair i do wish uh, i kept trying to edit your build whenever you were playing i was like please play it differently uh -uh. um and you i only refused. have one gun and it's a you fist refused. <laughs> you refused at every at every turn um there there is a lot of really good gun stuff though like yeah. I, I and even the mods which are um there's probably too many mods i think that's fair i think there are a lot of mods that could have been cut that where the bonus is like a thing but why would anyone pick that over other things that's yeah. always a questionable thing about any game system is like so here's an option okay but are Do people ever going to use this one <laughs> because there's also other options yeah so considering an option among uh versus all the other options i think makes it kind of difficult to evaluate a system like that there are some cool mods though i kept wanting you this is what i wanted you to do i'm just going to say how i wanted sure. to edit your thing yeah drop the shotgun because uh -huh. why would you need that because you're a punch queen right you already right. you already do clo close combat solidly you get an assault rifle and you put one of the omni blades on it a sword on yeah. it so you can still so you got some range we got medium to long range kind of assault rifle and then still even if we need an extra punch yeah. we have the sword on the end of it that's what i wanted for you i but think that would have been fine but i mean would have been great who needs bullets you know <laughs> <laughs> you gotta come watch him play sometime audience you gotta come watch i saved play i saved almost every second of my mass effect 2 and 3 playthrough and i really do want to edit it down you know chop it up and get something online and there will definitely be a punch queen montage someday yeah of, yeah of how stupid my character was and how mad right. i got at her all the time for my yep. bad play style <laughs> yep you were very angry through many uh through many encounters the um, game doesn't want me to play it wrong why right, right. um okay do we want to get into story stuff we want to get into the, oh, the, the nitty-gritty yes let's start let's start on a good note how about we don't that? have to, we don't have to go we, we don't have to do everything as far sure. as the story goes sure. we, i don't want to spoil stuff but yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I think we have to. I think we have to spoil some stuff. I don't think we can talk about. Well, we'll game talk much. about the ending, but we don't need to talk about the actual good parts that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. the yeah. Well, you know I, what I'm talking. I about. will say spoilers are going to sneak into this to the rest of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, if they're if you don't want any spoilers from Mass Effect Three, uh, just skip to the ranking. Why did you turn on this podcast? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, this game is like we said, centered around like the big bad properly showed up. And it's time to get to work gathering the team. Now, there's like, it's so funny to me that like all the side, the side quests are all uh, contributing uh, little bits to your tracker. You have a tracker in this game as the game progresses. And it's like your military strength of, and there's right. a minimum that you have to hit before you're allowed to do the end game. And what I find hilarious is side quests are like 
generally like, oh, you got this team of people. They're going to help you. 10 points. Cool. And then you do one of the main story missions. It's like, here's 850 military points. Like, it's very obvious. And I mean, how else are they going to do it? But for me, it was like, I did the critical path. That's obviously all you need to do it. But it, it, it was noticeable to me the sheer difference in like doing a main story mission and how many points you get versus like side quests are just like, and Jerry's going to help too. Hey, Jerry. Thank you <laughs> so much. Here. Yeah. Oh, Jerry's going to come help. Yeah. What's the deal with Reapers? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so game opens we're on earth and uh reapers are here they just show up game the whole game feels like you're at act 3.5 of a yeah. three-act story basically that it is it is on the verge of ending this game mm-hmm. uh, but there's still a lot of game uh reapers show up now you're on a quest you're essentially going uh from planet to planet visiting a lot of the alien races that you've gotten to know over mm-hmm. the course of the game and if that alien race has a very uh, important side quest or side thread, you are kind of bringing that to its final point, um, yeah. which is uh, probably the best chapters of the game. Yes. The uh, yeah. Krogan stuff and the Geth slash Corian stuff. This is not a new take. This is uh, this one's old, real yeah. old. Uh, everybody this is what knows everybody this, loves about but... this game, though. Like people that love Mass yeah. Effect Three, that is like the exact reason why they love it. And it's what we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier too, of like the reason I wouldn't mind replaying it is like, oh, I'd like to see the story differences in how some right. of these things played out. In mechanically, none of it matters. You're finishing the minish- missions, and one way or another, you're going to get your 850 military points. Whether right. it's from the Krogans or whether it's from the Salarians, whoever right. you piss off sure, isn't sure. going to help you. What It doesn't matter. But story-wise, if you are invested in it, there's a lot of reward here that you are being given. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and there's a lot of uh, micro differences as far as, like, it's mostly... By the time we get to the end of Mass Effect, you start realizing that Bioware only really had one trick when it came to yeah. uh, story choice, which is you are essentially in many situations just deciding what NPCs show up at various other scenes. This sounds really critical. I think that it's admirable the attempt that they made. But if you go back to Mass Effect 1, my thesis, my point for this whole series is that it was all a big financial experiment to see if you could make a giant RPG series based on choice, and it failed. You cannot, <laughs> they found. They right. found that it was not possible because it, here's the thing, and this kept coming up over and over. It definitely, it's the most obvious place to say this is Mass Effect 2, because Mass Effect 2 feels like a game that should have been made twice. There should have been the version where you go with Cerberus, and there right. should have been the version where you choose not to do that. Yeah. But we can't make a game twice is mm-hmm. what they found out. And I don't blame them. I get it. It's it's hard to make games. We will never, ever talk with that, like, very, um, I don't know, kind of, uh, oh, I just deserve a game made exactly this, and I have no understanding of the human cost to making right. games. No, 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 no. But that's why I say it was a financial experiment. They They ended up finding that it was... They were not able to make the game this way. They were, they were not able to make yeah. the game the way they I mean, they, they did promised. make money. It was a financial success, but, it, oh, but the sure, experiment sure, sure. of what couldn't they do with that money The failed. design experiment, yes. uh, experiment, the developer side experiment, um, I feel like is mostly a failure. But it's, I mean, I like these games in spite of that. But yeah. I do feel like once you get to Mass Effect 3 and you start realizing like how your choices are affecting it, the easiest right. way, I will spoil this completely. In Mass Effect 1... You make a big choice 
having to do with a Rachni queen. Big spider thing. Yeah. And it's actually one of the, it, it's kind of a shame um, because it calls a lot of attention to itself uh, in Mass Effect 1. It actually feels like one of the biggest choices you make first. It's right. like a, oh, here's a big choice point. Mo I've heard about this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I've listened to the marketing and you make this choice whether to let the Rachni queen live or die. And you get to Mass Effect 3, and the results of that choice are, first of all, they're just hidden in a little side quest. Not yeah. even main quest. You don't <laughs> even have to do it. Um, you go do it, and you find out that your choice had no... The, yeah. the only result of the choice is deciding what um, what character model they use right. for the Rachni Queen. And that exactly. is all you were deciding way back then. And I, while I like this series... Whenever it comes to talking about stuff like that, that's what I mean when I say this game was actually a failure. Like right. this, this, this delivered me a promise in 2007, and in 2012 they were like, "Uh oh, we shouldn't have told you. Right. We shouldn't have made that promise." Well, and that, the big, that was the a big question I think everybody has on their minds and is like, "Was this Bioware's choice? Was this EA's choice?" Because the whole thing, oh, I'm is, not assigning blame to any specific, I, and, and I'm anybody. not going to either. I'm not about to yeah. either. But that the you wonder who what what you know at what level was this decision made because the point here being is it makes sense why they made that decision right it's like right. we wanted to put this quest in the game and we want all of our players to experience the quest the reality is if you killed the rachni queen this quest shouldn't be available because it's about the rachni queen that you killed right it, it, and instead they're like way, let's yeah. make up some crazy reason we still have a rachni queen so that we can still have this quest present and it feels like it would have been so much braver if they had just been able to say like no your choices meant that these things are closed off from you but these things open up but in a game where someone wants to play it for dozens of hours and experience everything that wasn't acceptable at that time. I think games are starting to come around, maybe not across a trilogy, but within a game itself, games are becoming more open to the idea of closing doors to you and right. saying like, nope, you did, you made this choice, which means this whole thing is gone, taken away from you. Um, but across multiple games, that is a hard, if not impossible thing to design. Yeah, I think they would have had to have decided on the structure of all three games back in 2007, mm -hmm. which would have been questionable, too. I mean, that would right. have just been, really, we're going to decide that Pot without committed. having even yeah, <laughs> right. gotten to the to that point yet. Um, so, but yeah, again, again, I, I feel about as bad about it as you would feel like if you were a scientist and you tried to, you tried an experiment and you were like, uh oh, that experiment didn't work. There, there is a lot of good in the series and we've said a lot of good things about it, but Mass Effect 3 is when you start seeing that problem that maybe they didn't actually find a way to deliver on this promise of a game where you make choices and those choices have very deep consequences. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't see it to be no, honest. Like anywhere in the game, I, I yeah. think as a person with um, no deep, I wasn't there. I wasn't waiting years. I played all three of these games in in a four ish, four or five month period. I'm just, you know, smashing them out back to back to back. I have nothing in my heart that's like I got to. I have to know how this ends. I'm right. just trying to get to the ending. And also, as a modern audience, you've heard the legends of how everybody hated Mass Effect 3. So my standards were so, so, so low, I mm -hmm. ended up enjoying Mass Effect 3 quite a lot because oh, I me too. Me went too. into it with the idea of 
uh, they're not they're not gonna stick the landing anyway so i'm just gonna i'm gonna see what they got what they what they do right. have and so i wasn't my my critical eye wasn't open enough to all these little things throughout the game that were like oh that it's not really a choice at all, is it? Huh? Uh, right. I guess. I right. guess none of it mattered. I guess nothing ever mattered. I never felt that anger. I can see it. I can tell that. I can see why people would feel that. But legendary collection as a thing is such an interesting thing to me now that they that they've done this, and it feels like that's why you're seeing so many people come back to Mass Effect and be like, "Hey, this whole series is good." And Mass Effect Three is actually really good when you don't have the hype train crashing exactly. into the station. It doesn't hurt as much now that you know that there are choices that are not going to matter. Like, I mean, even right. having listened to this podcast and, and hearing us say this, you can now play through the game and you're not going to get all like super excited about yeah. every little choice you make. Largely, a lot of the choices you you make are there. It's very superficial in the way that they matter. I want to point out before we get deep into talking about the ending of Mass Effect 3, um, I want to talk about what I really liked about this most recent playthrough, which was the DLC. Uh, right. Anyone that hated Mass Effect 3 back in the day, if you have not played all of the DLC of Mass Effect 3, you're missing out because a lot of it's pretty good. Um, I would say there, it's also very big. All the DLC is like feels very huge. Um, in particular, I want to call out the Citadel DLC, which is um, a DLC where you and the ship uh, go into the Citadel for repairs. It's like a shore leave situation. Um, it has, it's just the best. It is the best chapter of the entire trilogy to me. Um, it is, it's funny in a way that the series rarely is. Um, it has some of the best combat in, in the entire series. Wow. And it has this kind of beautiful, chill, hang out with your buddies type kind of coda basically <laughs> it's a coda but it's like before this the the game is over mm -hmm. um that really feels like it feels like you've been invited to uh, a cast party as far as the voice actors are concerned and it's just lovely yeah. um fantastic legitimately the best part of the entire series it kills me matt that you were not able to uh to play it it makes me very very sad it makes well, me very sad. I, I genuinely, I what I what I kind of am sad about is it seems uh, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't. In Mass Effect Two, there's a comic where you can make the major choices of Mass Effect One before you start Mass Effect Two. I don't think yeah. that exists for Mass Effect Three. To I comic, don't know to, I, to I, make I, all the choices. If I could just go back and make all of my choices for Mass Effect One and Two, I would probably replay Mass Effect Three here within the next year or so. Like I, I would mm -hmm. not mind giving it another go where I'm not rushing it for this show so that we can get this recording done in a, in a reasonable amount of time. I would mm -hmm. love to do a different, a completely different class and see a, a whole bunch of different choices. Um, right. The other uh, drawback to me kind of binging through this drawback and also not because I knew what was going to come uh, was the idea that I, you know, I was barely minimum readiness before I did the end mission. Right. And even that leads to some fun flavors of how the ending goes. Like when oh, you go yeah, in yeah. with not enough stuff, you feel it. Things go wrong often. Right. Lots of things go wrong throughout the entirety of like that last, uh, the, the final, final uh, act of the game. Um, right. And that stuff is cool. But I want to, now I want to, I would like to go back and play it and do all the DLC, do a handful more side missions um, and feel out the universe. more. Cause this is the game that felt the most deserving of me hanging out in it. And, and, 
really like meeting all of these characters and and species and all of that um i i i think that when you get to the ending for me it just doesn't even matter like the ending was all of the other storylines that i tied the knot on the ending of the genophage plot line the ending of the quarry and stuff like that stuff to me is the ending of the game and then the game is like oh but we yeah we got to do a quick little thing here right right at the end uh, sorry about this guys sorry we're just gonna we're just gonna tie up this loose end of this bad plot line we did I hope you enjoyed all the other really good plot lines because this one's just like the thing we had to do because we had to have a main arc. Right, right. I mean, I think that's something that uh, maybe didn't occur. So think about it. Let, let's let's uh, let's go back into the past real quick. Yeah. So Mass Effect One comes out. The main thrust, um, I think, is okay in Mass Effect One. There's yeah. there are these there's a clear uh, villain, Cthulhu, evil robots that are coming. They haven't arrived. We see one of them. Yeah. The, it talks too. It actually right. has that one. There's that one scene where you meet it, and yeah, it's it's kind of comic booky, but it works. Um, Saren is a personal villain, an actual antagonist that we can sort of relate to, even though he has, even though he's obviously kind of going a little nuts. Yeah. Mass Effect Two comes up, and it feels <laughs> like the way it's written is sort of like, ah, we don't have to worry about that main thrust right now. I mean, as it'll be a little bit. You know Collectors, what's so you know? frustrating about that? You kind of mentioned it too earlier, of like you could have had a go with Cerberus or not. Even without that, Cerberus was based on where what they do. It feels like they didn't know what they were doing and they didn't, they, they clearly had to have been writing Mass Effect 3 and like had the arc planned out, but it feels like they didn't because right. Mass Effect 2 was such an opportunity. Cerberus and the Elusive Man could have been your Saren. Easily, right. so yeah. easily they could have like. Well, well we have, I mean, he is. He, he is, is sort of, but it's like of. in in the proper ending, it's just like ah, go uh, go fight a big space baby in the sky and shoot his eyes out. Like it doesn't. It's so disconnected from what's going on, um, and it feels like we could have been so much more grounded in what's going on, especially knowing where it goes in Mass Effect Three and how they decide. Like actually, yeah, Elusive Man is like up to some shit, and like we have to figure out if that's okay or not like i just feel like they could have properly grounded it more and instead they just made it one of those there's a big bad this big unknowable bad and Mm -hmm. boy do they spend way too much time having it be unknowable to then okay well that that's a thing we'll get into (laughs) i have to well i have to interrupt you too real quick because there is a dlc it's like they sort of realized after the game came out that they didn't actually do enough work kind of planting seeds for the reapers right um and so there is a dlc the leviathan dlc has a lot of really good lore that helps give the reapers a little more texture the problem is that the reapers never feel like a very personal or interesting villain the archetypal kind of techno baddie that is like the reapers to me is the borg yeah. Um, and we're going to talk Star Trek for just a little bit. <laughs> um, and I'm actually going to give a big spoiler for one of the best Star Trek episodes of all time. However, it's spoiled all over the internet over and over and over. If you haven't seen this yeah. spoiler, I don't know how you've spent any time at all on the internet. Um, so the Borg, um, completely passive, technological species that w- is basically unknowable to us, um, has no interest in humanity whatsoever, just wants to assimilate other uh, species in a way very much like the reapers um, almost godlike in their abilities Um, and what do the writers of star trek do with the borg well they have captain picard get captured by the borg and turned into a borg himself 
because they recognized in the 80s that this kind of unknowable Cthulhu type techno villain doesn't work unless it's personal. Right. And that's why that that episode of Star Trek is so legendary because we took the Borg, which was a scary kind of H.R. Giger villain, mm-hmm. and then added a personal element to it. So now we really, really care. Before we were just scared, and now we are personally invested. And that is a mo- and I'm not saying that Mass Effect 3 just needed to steal that essentially. No. They sort of even have that like the reapers can like indoctrinate people, but they never indoctrinate someone that we actually care about. Right. So, I would have been fine, capital F fine if they had literally just lifted that from Star Trek and right. I I would have been like, okay, now I can care, but it never happens and the reapers never feel like a personal or interesting threat. It never right. gets to that next level. They're I just think, kind of a force of nature that shows up. Right. I think they brushed right up next to what could have been their modern take on that Borg problem, which is uh, that in the end, and it's what's so annoying about it is they only start to actually present this to you in the very, very, very final hours of the game, whereas it could have been this thing that was growing from the start of Mass Effect 2 onward. And instead, they were just like, we're going to hold all of our cards close and never reveal them until the final moments of the game. But they very easily could have built up more around the story of, okay, This Borg thing is unknowable, but there are people learning how to tap into their unknowableness and are trying to harness that. And Elusive Man and Miranda's dad and all these characters that are like, well, we're sort of, we're messing with this thing, even though maybe it's more than we should be messing with. That could have been sprinkled all throughout the series in a way, in the same way that Saren was. Saren was like, I can control it. I'm going to, like, they planted all of these seeds, but it just doesn't feel like they ever cared about it because what they do in all of these games is they decide, well, let's do a bunch of wacky side missions and even the critical path will, like, barely touch on things. And then in both Mass Effect 2 and in Mass Effect 3, it feels like the last two hours or where they're like, oh, yeah, we forgot to get back to, like, the entire plot of the game. So we're going to just, completely cram all of it down your throat in the final moments right and, and really there should have been a synthesis between those exactly. two things that's the problem is there there needed to be because w- what the player is actually invested in are the other characters yep. um and their stories and they they failed to kind of interweave those in such a way as to where we really care in the end i, I think it's interesting that we're talking about the ending without even reproducing any of the complaints that people had about right. it because honestly, my feeling on the ending, because, because let's let's get a little historical now. So the ending happens when Mass Effect 3 comes out. Um, the whole internet hates it and yeah. starts collecting, you know, when nerds, when nerds hate story stuff, um, a lot of them I've noticed, they do not evaluate it like you would, I don't know, just like any book or film. Yeah. They start oh looking God. for like little, like weird uh, little almost data points used to justify their position so they'll be like this is a bad story because the cutscenes are the same basically no matter which choice you make um i contend that the ending of mass effect 3 was all always going to be uh unsatisfying yeah. and that uh in the original version it's unsatisfying and it is currently unsatisfying even with all of the other uh dlc extra stuff that they have added it just doesn't feel like a very satisfying story because 
there was a lot of work that needed to already be done before we got to that final moment. Right. And because that work was not done, it could not be satisfying. That's not how stories work. Exactly. You can't just kind of create a villain, not really have us care that much, and then just kind of like pull the cord at the end and be like, all right, so now we're now it's over, right? Yeah. There's a lot of work, story work that needs to be done uh, beforehand. And it's a lot to ask of game writers to not only write satisfying like side stories, yes. but also write a satisfying main story. So I do want to reiterate that both me and Matt love the Genophage arc and oh the, the Quarry and Geth arc a lot. That's that's really good game writing. I, and I, I literally cried. I cried during the Quarry and stuff. Yeah. Like it got me. It's it very good. To hit me. And it was very like I, that, I did not expect that at all. And it like it truly washed over me like, oh, my God, like th this stuff is going down like. It, right. Holy cow. Well, and and so, the so, end, the, the the game game ending did not cry. <laughs> None so, of that. so what do we mean by the game game ending? Let's yeah. let's spoil it. Let's just yeah. go right into it. What happens at the end of this? Freaking so game, uh, the the final act is when you realize that Cerberus properly is up to something. You go in, you learn that Miranda's dad, this character that's always been kind of this mystery in the background, he's been experimenting on how to turn people into the husk zombies that uh, that the uh, collectors turn you into or whatever. Um, and they're trying to do it themselves. So you're investigating that and then you uh, have to go back to the Citadel because, oh, it's the big weapon and you got to stop everything. And you're rushing through, and it's like this horrible climactic thing. And then the elusive man shows up and just starts explain like a like a lame villain is just explaining all of his thoughts right at the very end. And you just kind of like slap him in the face and move him aside. And you move into the ending ending, which is you go into a room, and it's like we're gonna turn off the weapon. Oh, there's a six year old here. Uh, and, and you've been having visions of this six-year-old since the beginning of Mass Effect 3. All throughout it, they right. sprinkle in these little nightmares of a kid who died on Earth just as you were leaving Earth. And the whole time it's happening throughout the game, you're like, okay, this is going to be a thing that comes up later. But it never... It never worked for me to be to be clear too. like every time you go into one of these nightmare things, it's just like, OK, oh, I guess she's haunted by this one kid that died, even though she's killed like Shepard has murdered so many people, so right. many people. Oh, yeah. Death should not oh, phase yeah. her. But this right. one kid, she can't get out of her head. Right. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a real Nathan Drake problem right there. Like why? <laughs> also, this is really funny. This is this has been po pointed out elsewhere. But it's really funny that there are no children in Mass Effect yeah. except for this one kid. <laughs> there was never uh, any other kids at any other point that's that why, I remember. That's like, okay. Well, that, we just got our plot answer. That's why Commander Shepard is so horrified by it because it's the only child in existence. <laughs> <laughs> How could we let the only child? It's children of men, and that's the last kid alive, yeah, and they die. That's the last. Anyways, kid you right walk there. into a room, and. Uh, the this kid walks up to you and oh it's actually a computer manifesting itself as this little kid and the kid presents to you the two or three or four endings that you get to choose now at the at the end right. destroy right. the weapon or become the weapon basically right. is the thing there's like two other choices actually the one thing i will give credit to the game for barely is because i critically passed so hard the the cliche of this thing is that there are three 
big time endings of Mass Effect 3. And it's literally red, green, or blue. Pick the laser that you're going to go walk to. Right. Yes. I did not have access to even green. You you can get locked out of certain choices, but no matter what, sure. you are guaranteed a choice of the two things that you only make in the final moments and nothing leading up to it matters. You just choose which one you want to choose. Right. And then they the DLC for the ending, the extended cut of the ending adds some flavor as far as um kind of showing you your your friends your squad mates and and the kind of kind of gives because in the original version of the ending you don't even really know or think about what's happened to the rest of the universe it just like you do this and then that's the end um so the extended cut adds a little more context um i uh don't even think they should have bothered yeah. personally with you know what it reminds it. me of i'm gonna spoil lost for some people oh wow uh -oh. skip ahead we've skip spoiled a lot in i this. don't care man this is a big all these things are old and whatever but lost season five ends with like the player the, the characters trying to to set off this nuke to like reset all this time stuff that's happening and the the final thing that happens in season five is this character is just smashing the nuke just trying to make it go off and then it you hear the explosion and the screen goes to white and that's it yeah. And then season six is this completely hogwash, wild, nothing like all these new things are being introduced. And I posit that they should have just let season five be the ending. And yeah. it's just like, oh, they did it. And Dude. that's it. And maybe yep. Mass Effect three actually would have been better if it was just you play as Shepard. You only know what happens to Shepard. And guess what? Shepard fucking dies in the end. So right. you don't get to know what happens right. to the rest of your friends. <laughs> yeah. You didn't spend enough time with them before you went and sure. did this. Poor you. That's kind of how, that's actually kind of how the original ending felt though, which yeah. which upset a lot of people. Um, so they, they added uh, some more stuff. But yeah, um, I contend that the ending, uh, that, that the problem was not, the ending itself, the yep. work before the ending didn't uh, meant that the that ending was, was not going to be good. Yeah, right. yeah. So you can't fix that by just adding extra ending, basically. Right. Um, and also the internet, I think, had... The internet totally overreacted to the ending of Mass Effect 3. Right. Um, they were very upset. There was a lot of harassment of Bioware employees. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really good People Make Games YouTube video that just came out as of this recording. It's like crazy that... I guess every, it makes sense that a lot of people will be thinking about Mass Effect right now, but there's a very good video by People Make Games about the ending of Mass Effect 3 and the way people uh, reacted to it. Um, but yeah, the, the internet was uh, completely wrong and they were wrong to, or they were right, I should say, to be like, ah, oh, that wasn't very good. Right. Um, but where they took that was, yeah. of course, toxic, evil, shitty, dumb. Um, yeah. And a lot of their critiques, in my opinion, are very superficial and yep. not actually and i just i just think that there was no way to fix the ending at that right. point you couldn't take that game and then just fix it if all you can work with is adding extra stuff there were structural problems there were right. things that needed to have already happened that had not happened so we we would have to ex we would have to like do surgery on right. the game and change a lot of the structure and middle path of it um in order for for any of that to make sense um I am a show. Um, well, convenient for us, Hunter. It sounds like you have a pitch for what oh, yeah. that re what what all of that work could be. This, yeah. So okay. so so we've we've done our review of Mass Effect three. You get it. There's a lot of stuff we love. The ending is still trash. I mm -hmm. I think it is now time before we do our ranking. 
for Hunter's official pitch for what the Mass Effect series should have been structurally. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a, the, I, I want this to be like a new like recurring segment, um, so maybe eventually we'll have a little jingle for it, and uh, it's just called like uh, like like Game Pitch, or yeah. something like that. P- pitch Me This is what it's called. Uh, pitch Me This. Uh, I like that. Uh, there's no pun either, which I really love. No mm. pun mm-hmm. means real good. Um, so here's my pitch for a new Mass Effect series. Um, and and uh, for this game... I really don't like it when people kind of pie in the sky um, and say like, oh, like the game, the game should be like this. And then they like come up with an idea for a game that's like so interesting and creative that it's like, well, no one will ever make that. Right. Like that's so Do you cool. understand any technical limitations of video right. games at all? Oh, right. it should be right. infinite choices. You sh- Characters should just yeah. be able yeah, to yeah, say yeah. anything. No, 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 no. We don't even need voice actors. <laughs> so, so one of the rules I'm going to uh, incorporate into Pitch Me This um, is that you have to include something crummy in your pitch on purpose <laughs> right. to ground it in reality, okay? So what I'm going to go ahead and say here at the beginning of my pitch, the the dumb thing that I'm including is the Reapers again. Sure. So the Reapers are going to be back. So basically what I'm saying is we're going to do a new Mass Effect um, uh, grouping of games, and EA is like, we want the same villains again. Okay, so the same villains are back. This time, though, instead of doing three games and it being a trilogy, I'm proposing five games. And it will be obvious why. I I think that a five-act structure is better for what people want out of Mass Effect than a three-act structure is. Yeah. In, in the three-act structure that we got of Mass Effect, the third game felt uh, kind of rushed and in a way that I would have liked more hangout time or hangoutitude in general mm-hmm. in the Mass Effect games. And I'm going to try and fix that. Um, first thing... So we get to the first game. You are not Commander Shepard. Um, you're definitely not Shepard. You're going to be a new character. Um, but you're not a commander. You're just like some guy in the military. And you have like, you're on, maybe you're serving on a ship and you have a captain. Okay? And you're doing kind of like basic ass, like normal on the ground type stuff. You get sent on missions and stuff. Yeah. You have, like, shore leave at time when you can go do other things. You have, like, squad mates. But you are a cog in this machine. You don't just start out being uh, the guy. The plot of the first game will have, uh, will definitely feel like prologue in that it will not concern the Reapers. We will not be aware of the Reapers. Um, The world of Mass Effect will basically be reset completely. Um, we can introduce new alien species with new conflicts. We could have the old alien species with uh, with different conflicts this time. Whatever you want to do. All of that stuff is just open. It's as if we're just in an alternate universe and everything has been reset. Um, so, we play as like a, you know, somebody that serves under some captain. I'm thinking conflict for the first game. Captain's gone off the rails. Uh and and we have to kind of go underneath our captain and uh, defeat them because they're I don't know like in kind of a Saren style they there's right. something weird about them. I also think that that structure. So uh, some things I like about this and the reason I'm proposing it this way. 
um, romance isn't weird to me. If you <laughs> yeah, are, please, oh my god! If you're the boss, oh you should not god. be romancing your crew. Yeah, this way, I didn't we're do not that the boss. again. Once I want to be clear, once again, Mass Effect Three and Mass Effect yeah. Two, I didn't do romancing because I am so deeply uncomfortable with it. I hate it. You suck. I you hate it so suck. much because yeah. of well, what you just said. It's I'm their freaking. It's ah, mm-mm, not for yeah. me. Not for yeah. me. So, so that's the first game. We get to the we get to the end of the first game. We defeat our evil captain. I also think that um, we can keep Paragon Renegade. I think that can that that system makes more sense if we're not the big boss. Just like, get we have a to decide better how idea we respond of what to that it. Means is my request. Sure. It would be the request. Like let Renegade. I don't know, Hunter. You won't know this as a touchstone, but to me, all I wanted to do with my Renegade playthrough is play as Captain James Holden. From the expanse, he is okay. the proper <laughs> renegade, and and he is in the system, but he is constantly trying to work against the system, and right. he can make very good, uh, like self-serving choices. He can make things that help other people, but it's just against the system, and it's right. and Paragon is. It just doesn't make any sense to me how often renegade is just like, well, you kill them, you kill them on sight. You're a horrible right. mass murderer. That's that means nothing to me. So right, pa Paragon should be like the pacifist version of that of like, well, we have to use the system to do good. Right. Um. So, anyways, I I feel like this pitch segment is taking too long, so I just want to kind of speed you sure, through sure, the sure. rest of it. So we finish. Uh, we finish game one. We have defeated our own captain. We get some sort of promotion. We are now a captain. We can be a boss for the rest of it, and it makes sense. Um, we, we, our characters that were our friends that we made on this ship that we served on, they are now going to be the kind of elite crewmen of our next ship. We get to pick like, maybe there's like a fun system of like, we choose, uh, jobs for these, uh, characters that we have kind of invested personalities in, uh, into, um, at the end of game one, however, we, essentially meet uh we we get the the prothean beacon type moment from the mm. very beginning of mass effect one that ends uh the beginning of mass effect one so we are basically doing that story again um with one little edit which is that the reapers this time uh battlestar galactica style uh are half synthetic they are they are synthetic and artificial at the same time mm -hmm. so you know how in uh the original mass effect trilogy there was this kind of element of anyone could be indoctrinated. I don't know. Um, this time, it's literally anyone could be a Reaper, right. basically. Um, so that way, we can actually have villains right. that are <laughs> that characters. Are yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you can kind of imagine from, from, from the rest of it, uh, the next three games would sort of uh, rhyme with the original trilogy, uh -huh. with the fifth game being this like really cool kind of epilogue thing. And it might not even need to be a full game. It could be um, a giant DLC for Mass Effect 4. But that is essentially my pitch without getting too far into it. This... I, I could I could go really deep on this. This could be like an hour long thing. If we and ever I'm realizing okay, here, that it's too big. Here's the promise. Here's what it is. Okay. If we ever do a Patreon for this show, we'll do Ooh. Hunter's Hunter's full Mass Effect pitch as like a Patreon exclusive. How about that? Yeah. That just yeah, to get yeah. people I, murmuring about the idea of a Patreon for this show. Maybe I that's the kind it. of exclusive content we can do. That's that's okay. Well then consider that your little taste of my uh, Mass Effect pitch. Uh, there, there's a lot more that I, that I have in my brain. Um, but also <laughs> I wanted to say before, before we move into the ranking thing, one last thing, my ending that I got 
Um, I need oh, to tell yeah, you about you, this. Oh yeah, you you've been map. teasing this at me for weeks, and you will not yeah. tell me what happened. And you said it's the yeah. dumbest thing ever. So earlier, yeah. let's go back to it. We we said that there are the there's the Cornetto trilogy. There's the green, there's the blue, and there's the red ending of Mass Effect. There's technically right. I know of there's another one where you can shoot the kid and everything somehow goes haywire and it's pretty stupid. And you said it's also specifically not that. Right. So this is what happened to me. I, I just, I'm going to tell you a little tale. So at the end of the game, you're just talking to the kid. And through the dialogue options is how you select what ending you want. However, the ending prompts are not obvious. It's literally just conversation yeah. choices. It's, I, 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 was, I, I was lucky to be um, playing on Twitch because literally I misunderstood. Like I couldn't understand what they were telling me. And then they're just like, okay, go pick. And I didn't even know what I was picking. And I guess that's like the common complaint about the ending is it's literally like pick red or pick blue. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what I'm picking when I go right. click this button. That is crazy to me. So yeah, I'm sorry. I, I had to throw that in there because we didn't. No, no, no. It. It's it, it's it's totally cool. It's just like it's hard to understand what the kid is indicating whenever yeah. you are in conversation making your choice. So I'm talking to the kid and I just feel like I don't care what ending I get. Yeah. I'm more just interested in seeing what all conversation the kid has. So the kid will sort of propose something and I'll be like, Eh, not that. The whole time me thinking, I basically refused every ending possibility. Mm -hmm. I said like, nah, that's dumb. Nah, you're stupid. Shut up, you. <laughs> like, I was being really uh, silly with it. The whole time thinking that if I basically refused every ending, that the kid would just round back around and be like, uh -huh. well, but which one is it? Right. I figured eventually I would get to a dialogue option where it just had all of the uh, all three of the options because i hadn't shot the kid and i think you have to shoot the kid before you talk to him mm. um so that they would have all three options just sitting there and then i click one that actually matt does not happen <laughs> so what happens instead if you just keep if talking you, and keep talking and keep talking so you just keep talking to the kid and eventually if you just give the kid enough guff you just decide to do nothing at all and you just stand there and the kid is like, well, I guess we're just not going to activate the crucible at all. And everyone will die because the Reapers are just going to win. And Shepard is just like, yep, sounds good. And then he just cracks <laughs> open a beer and just like is just l watching everything fall. And then you get this silly, stupid epilogue that lets you know that on the next cycle, they did defeat the Reapers. Oh, my God. They <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. This so is the thing Hunter refers the to there. The cycle is the whole story at the end is that they've been, the Reapers have come back after many cycles. Like think of it right. like generations. They come back and they kill everybody and then they, they kill leave it. Again. How many times yeah. have they killed all of living beings? And yeah. this is just another cycle. So this one ends with just like, well, you didn't get them this time, kid, but the next one did. See you later. I don't know why they even bother telling you that the next time it should have been like a dystopian sad boy ending uh -huh. where it's just like, and then you lose because Shepard just chose to do nothing because he's wow. an asshole. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and I, it, it wasn't on purpose, Matt. Like I was just trying to see what was there and wow. then it just locked me into that choice. That's it didn't incredible. say, Hey, it, it did. It didn't check with me. It wasn't like, right. hey, are you specifically trying to do nothing right now? It yep. was just like, well, you refused all three. I don't know what to say now. Gotta I guess go. you're just locked into this. Bye. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Ridiculous. That's horrible incredible. ending. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is now. To, we, this is our long episode. Hey, this is the conclusion of a series. So yeah, whatever, whatever. Let's get into ranking 
Uh, Hunter, I'll go through the list real quick. We got 11 games on this thing. Number one, Super Mario Brothers 3. Number two, Halo Combat Evolved. Number three, Quake. Number four, Hyper Light Drifter. Number five, Crusader Kings 3. Number six, Mass Effect 2. Number seven, Outrun. Number eight, you all gave us last week Donkey Kong Country 3 here at number eight. I, I, yeah. we, didn't, we haven't even gotten to talk about that at all yet. And I have not listened at this point of recording. I have not listened to your guys' episode and edited yeah, yeah, yeah. yet. So I literally don't know what the arguments for Donkey Kong Country 3 are. I've heard, though, there's not many arguments that you all make. No, in no, 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 no. We uh, just number, kind of put it where we put it. <laughs> number nine is Mass Effect. Number 10 is Halo 2. And number 11 is War of the Monsters. Can we pick a point to definitively agree that this thing is above? Maybe we can, or, or well, let's start at like a midpoint. Is it better or worse than Mass Effect 2? at number six is it does it beat it's oh why are you going to the more no 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 can we start with mass effect one okay because that'll be easier to decide i know i'm i'm just trying to save us time every time you want to talk about every single game and i'm trying to save us someone okay. sent us we no no no, no. And, and this is fine but i do want to give no, the no, shout no. out to, to our friend it. i want to give the shout out to our friend who uh has given us like this wild tool once it gets more, much more difficult to do these, the idea of like what we will do to organize this list when there's like 150 games on it, uh, I'm I'm very excited to get to that mess. Yeah, yeah. Matt likes things to be. Matt likes to just get done. He's trying to just clock in and clock out. That's well, just, we that's could just we Matt's could spend another 45 minutes talking about everything. Well, what, anyways, well, so no, so what do you think? Is it better no, or worse than Mass Effect Two? No, no, no. I I agree with you. Let's go to Mass Effect One. I do think we should talk about this in at the very least in terms of all of the games. Is it better than Mass Effect One? I could definitively say yes. It is I better than so Mass too. Effect One. It's I I, I agree with 1. your point, and uh, our friend Alex Lilburn also says this of like the the main plot works the best in Mass Effect One compared mm -hmm. to all the other games because there's a villain. The villain, a villain a helps. Villain. Yeah, an actual villain helps. <laughs> but everything else doesn't work, and the emotional investment. And I mean, the emotional investment is going to be there in this one because we've been playing like we've played three games up to this. This yeah. is I played 120 hours before I beat this game. I better have some emotional investment at this. Sure. Point, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah. better than Mass Effect One, Donkey Kong Country Three. Well, we could. I think we could now go to Mass Effect Two. Okay, and if just... we decide that, then oh, we then know we, exactly then we, where then it's we're stuck. in the space between. I see. Yeah, great. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so better or worse than Mass Effect Two? If you would ask, this is the conversation. This is hard. Yeah, but it, I ended up by the end of my recent Mass Effect Two playthrough having far less affinity for it than I did the very first time I ever played it. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw lots of problems mechanically. I'm not interested in always take overload and always take warp. And that's the trick to every single combat is definitely have at least one of those so that you never caught off guard. And there's right. no other gameplay hook that really ever like it gets so boring by the end to do the combat in Mass Effect 2 story side. I like the checklist of Go do every single person's mission. Go find each person yeah, and the then go system. do their loyalty yeah. mission. I think that mm -hmm. stuff is good. However, not all the loyalty missions are created equal. Nope. And um, so many of them are in service of characters that are actually still only like half there to me. Uh, right. you know, there's so many characters we can look at and, and the whole world agrees like, yeah, Jacob, who cares? And then even in, I mean, in Mass Effect 3, that's true too. Like I actively hate 
James. I, 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 I once I no longer had to bring Jim James on a mission. I never brought James on another mission except for the very last mission because I knew he was going to die. I brought James so that he would be a sacrificial meat for the laser that killed him in the very right. end. Right. But that aside, I, I think that the characters actually feel better in Mass Effect 3, even though Mass Effect 2 focuses more singularly on each of them. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think Mass Effect 2, though, the other the other side of that is Mass Effect 2, I think, because it focuses the least on the main thrust of the game, mm -hmm. there is no, I would say, chapter that is as stinky as yeah. the ending of Mass Effect 3. Although, yeah. well, and we didn't really say this, but Mass Effect 3, like the leading up to the actual ending, is fine. I don't think that's bad. It's fine. Like, it's definitely not as cool as the suicide mission of Mass Effect 2. That's no. for sure. The Mass Effect yeah. 2 ending has character in the mechanical approach to what you're doing in the final yeah. mission, whereas Mass yeah. Effect 3's ending is just a horrifying onslaught that is fun, but it's just like, ah, wave after wave, push, push, push. Like it, it, that you feel that mounting pressure, but it's just more of the combat that you've been doing all game long. Right. So I do yeah. have to put up that point in Mass Effect 2's court that mechanically, at the very least, even if the plot isn't doing anything for me, the ending is still sticking some sort of landing. So combat, I think, goes to Mass Effect 3 yeah. solidly. The combat yes. system in Mass Effect 2 is kind of just in an in-betweener. Um, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's horrible, but it's where we get with Mass Effect 3, uh, Mass Effect 3 is a lot better. Um, Story-wise, I think it's a toss-up. I think there are chapters of Mass Effect 3 that I think are stronger than chapters yeah. of Mass Effect 2, but I think overall Mass Effect 2 is a, a tighter package with more interesting story beats and moments because yeah. it is so not focused on the main thrust. Well, However, its I lack can't... of focus on the main thrust is one of the reasons that the ending of Mass Effect 3 isn't good. There's right. work we could have gotten done in Mass exactly. Effect 2 to make the ending better. That so would be my I, argument. Is I, I wish there actually was more main thrust in Mass Effect 2, or I wish there was absolutely none at all, and then it got to just be this open thing completely. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wish it just got to be that. I, I do wonder how different it I would feel about Mass Effect 3 if a ton of characters had died in Mass Effect 2 because mm -hmm. so many of the things you do in Mass Effect 3, uh, if you don't have those characters showing up to be a part of it and it's yep. just some random other Krogan, some yep. other dude, like that, Mass Effect 3 would be a horrible experience if I didn't have those characters grounding the experience. I wouldn't care about the Krogan Solarian uh, thing if all of the critical characters of those storylines were dead. If, yeah. if I don't know if Garrus can die in Mass Effect 2, I assume Garrus can. can die. But yeah, if, Garrus if, can if you die killed Rex, two. if Garrus was dead, and if uh, Morden was dead, what the heck are you even doing? I couldn't, I couldn't even begin to understand, and I probably would not care about that plot line nearly as much. I don't know if that's a ball in Mass Effect 3's court or not. Is if, if, if that's so weird that they have to have that problem be possible. It's almost as if the whole thing was a giant experiment that doesn't that make failed. sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like failed experiment is for sure what happened. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like it like sounds really cool. In Mass Effect 2, anyone can die. 
but then the result of someone dying is in Mass Effect 3, the story feels like you're less connected to yeah. it. So that is weird. <laughs> like, why would you put that in there? Yeah. That just is, that's, that's, that's not the, strong the, storytelling. The question is, is that Mass Effect 2's fault or is that Mass Effect 3's fault? And that's where the, I, us ranking these against each other almost doesn't even make sense because they're all I, part of the same mechanism. I think what we've realized is that Mass Effect 3 is either going above Mass Effect 2 or below Mass Effect 2 yeah. and that it has no other wiggle room yeah. basically. Yeah. That it isn't it isn't going to They are go kind past. of the same. They have to be right next to each other in the list. Right. They are Which required. I think is hilarious. Yeah. I know wow. this that generally speaking the internet thinks Mass Effect 2 is better. Right. So is it maybe fun if we <laughs> just kind of screw with them and insist that Mass Effect 3 is a smidge better? Yeah. I think overall, what we've discovered in replaying this series, a lot of problems. A lot yeah. of across problems. The across the board, lots of problems. And while I got a, love, a lot of love in my heart for this series, I am not... I do not agree with these people that, that want to say that Mass Effect is the some sort of prestige perfect mm -hmm. game to be mentioned in the greatest games of all time. No. It isn't. It has a lot of things in it that you like because it's got that those sci-fi Star Trek vibes that me right. love a lot. However, go read some Mass Effect novels, man. You'll probably have literally <laughs> just as much fun. <laughs> That's what I say. If they're That's halfway if they're written halfway well, the the Mass Effect books are probably pretty good. Yeah, I just feel like overall this is the it's you know what the most positive thing i i think i've said about this series i said in the mass effect 2 episode and i don't even i don't even necessarily believe we're gonna see this but i think that oh and you know what actually i have a way to translate it overall i think the thing that stuck with me the most positive thing i can say about this series is it feels like a series where the the best game like this does not exist yet right. it, yeah. it maybe will someday and it might not be called Mass Effect. You know what I mean? Like the best Mass Effect game of all all time might be a made by a completely different studio uh, and have a completely different name or whatever. Yeah. But it just doesn't exist yet. These games all have too many issues for someone to single them out and be like, this is one for the all time. Yeah. I don't get that. And I don't no. get people that do that. Um, so I think in the interest of us kind of planting that flag and saying that we like this series but we don't get the prestige that's been heaped on it we put mass effect 3 above mass effect 2 just to be cheeky i just to I let agree people completely. know where we're at. i think it's a, it's the fun cheeky thing to do and honest speaking honestly too for a second i felt more for if if, if the gameplay is obviously better than mass effect in mass effect 3 the story stuff even though they both have stupid stuff I got hit harder by good moments in Mass Effect 3 more than I did in Mass Effect 2. Even though there's cool mm -hmm. stuff in Mass Effect 2, a lot of Mass Effect 2 is just like comic book writing, which is like fine and good for like entertainment. But Mass Effect 3 genuinely hit me sometimes. Yeah. And I think that is enough to put its uh, the point ahead for it. At, on top of, haha, we, it's, we are saying it's better than Mass Effect 2 because we're contrarian or whatever. <laughs> we're not contrarian. We're no. just telling it like it is. And we are definitive. <laughs> so if you have a different take, the problem is that you're wrong and you will be right. getting your, your piece of paper in the mail that just says you're wrong <laughs> soon. I'm sending them out to everyone uh -huh. that is wrong all over the planet. Um, if you don't get yours, it must have been a mix-up with the mail. You know, everything's kind of messed up right now. Yeah, with the mail's the, the still tricky. I mail's tricky. Air, air, airport's tricky. Everything's tricky right now.
Man, when did they start delivering mail on Sundays? That's what I want to know, huh? Who decided that? <laughs> I, why is the mail guy? Sh- hey, mail guy, take a day off. You don't have to deliver mail on a Sunday. Come on, buddy. What's well, the, what, just, this is a new development. Just so everyone knows, the six. No, I don't care. <laughs> you don't care? <laughs> you don't want to reiterate it for the listener? <laughs> this visual element of our show, you don't want to make sure they understand it? You just never care about the listener, Matt, understanding anything. I always feel like I'm like listening to what you're saying, and I'm like, well, to clarify for someone, like, and, and now I want to do that now. So the sixth best game of all time is Mass Effect 3. The seventh best game of all time is Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 2, worse than Mass Effect 3. And you know what? If you do disagree with that and you haven't played the Citadel DLC for Mass Effect 3, don't even talk to me. Don't even show up (laughs) in my life Uh unless you've done that and then bring your, you know, your your big thesis thing. And I'll just tell you that you're wrong. I won't even read it. But don't even bother sending the thing if you haven't played Mass Effect 3 Citadel DLC. It's a treasure. It's yep. fantastic. Matt didn't even play it. I, I will. I don't even know how he I want gets to. to be in this conversation. No, he didn't I still even play want to. I'll, I'll make time for it. I'm actually I'm actually doing really good right now on playing games and getting kind of ahead. So I That's may good. genuinely find a chance to reload my save just from where I was and knock out the Citadel DLC. We'll see. We'll see if I can I would make like that. that. I would really like that. Um, anyways, Matt, you gotta go. You gotta I get do out have to here. go. I want to thank you all listeners for be- for being here and hanging out with us. I hope you like the list. You can follow us uh, at Old Gamers Pod on Twitter. You can email us your thoughts on the list, your takes, uh, better ways to organize it in the future. Old Gamers Almanac at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, come hang out with us on our Space Cats Peace Turtles Discord. Uh, we have a, sp- a couple of special channels there for Old Gamers Almanac. I don't know this game. This, this show is still uh, growing, and so I don't know what kind of communities we'll have in the future uh, isolated to this. I do hope we can do kind of like a Patreon or something. I would love to do very specific things for this audience rather than kind of like forcing our Space Cats people to hang out with us over here. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. So you can help us by sharing the show and showing new people all of this stuff that we're working on right now yeah yeah you know any gamers show them this thing and <laughs> hopefully and show people that will get upset about the list exactly i want, I yeah. want some bad feedback go have you know go 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 get on your group text with all your friends and just ask them all hey what what's everyone's favorite mass effect game and to every single person that says mass effect 2 is their favorite tell them to listen to our show that's my yeah. that's my task for you you know what's really funny when Matt, you don't know this, but the listener does. Last week when we had our guests Jamie and Aaron on, when we were reading the list, Jamie was aghast when he hit Mass Effect Two. He was just like, "Whoa, okay," and then just we just moved on. You know, it was a polite thing because they were guests. You know, he wasn't uh-huh, going to sure. just like like throw us in the toilet, but was just like, "Uh huh, uh, okay," and. I just think Crusader Kings 3 is better than yeah. any of those games, it's a great man. Game, like man. the it's a way better. Great game. Way better. And of course, you know, Quake, Halo, those are all better games. Yeah. Super Mario Brothers 3, best game of all time. And then the other one that's above it. <laughs> Actually, I want to say very good job. This is this is the first episode that did not feel like the Hyperlight Drifter show. 
starring we, Matt Martin. We Martin's. didn't even talk about it until you until, just brought it up right until now. Until right now. Play Hyperlight Drifter. It's it's my buddy's second Solar favorite Solar Ash game of all time. is out now. Solar <laughs> Ash from the makers of Hyperlight Drifter. Actually, no, no, no. It comes out next week at time of this this episode's release. Next week, December 2nd, Solar Ash from the makers of Hyperlight Drifter. Anyways, as in the show, there's That's, like it's a, already, uh, it ended. There's a star child here, and we have to talk about it, how we want to end the episode with the star child. <laughs> star child star gives us... We, well, we Hunter, you can choose to become the show, or you must destroy the show. <laughs> I Pick one of the two colors. I, I won't. I won't. No, you don't get to know. Pick red or blue. Goodbye. I pick blue. Thank y'all for listening to Old Gamers Almanac. Produced by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins. Music by Knight Corey. 